0: Hello, and welcome back to another week of Murders of Drag. Glad to have you. Look at my new lamp. It's not new, but it's actually been in the shot the whole time. Or, as far as I knew, it was in the shot the whole time until I actually just looked just now and it was like against that wall, and you guys can't see that wall. So, I wanted this lamp to be in this episode. I somehow have miraculously crawled out of the rabbit hole of research that I've been in this week. I already know that this video is going to be late, I already feel it in my blood, but trust me it's worth it, and if you watch the beginnings of my videos then you know that this is all self-produced, I'm the only one doing it, I, the video, the lighting, the audio, the editing, everything, that's all me, moi, if you get comments I'm back on it, it's always me, that's personal touch, you know, also the fact that I'm not paying anybody to work for me. Let's not get into all of that. I had so much fun at uh, the Pride Prom that was put on by Safe Schools out here, I did that last Friday, and I performed Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo, and those kids lost their Ever loving minds when the songs came on, and they knew all the words, and I didn't really know <laughs> all the words, but they knew every fucking beat, every little ooh, ooh 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 ah ah, and I was just like, all right, maybe y'all should perform the song because you are doing it way better than me. But regardless, they loved it, they loved me, they loved all the other queens that were there, and I loved seeing our. Future, basically, they're so confident and happy, and it was just so, such a joyous event. Never actually used the word joyous, but that's how fun it was that I'm willing to say joyous. Alright, enough about my week, that's really all I'm going to share. I really need to get into this case. I have to talk about it. Hopefully, there's no background humming, because I had to turn on the AC, because I'm in a garage in the desert, and it's 100 degrees outside, and... That's just how this needs to happen. So, first things first. I have a habit of exploring Google Maps. Just like scrolling, following rivers, looking at little things in the desert that I find, and just, you know, figuring out my geographical location. Especially since I moved because I want to know the area. I want to know what's what, how to get where, what highways go what ways, you know. Exploring the Google Maps. So like I said, I just moved here and I wasn't sure what the extent of the Coachella Valley was. So I was following it down and I was like, alright, there's just, there's mountains everywhere. When does this valley end and become a different valley? So I did more googling and found um, that the area below the Salton Sea is not the Coachella Valley, it's the Imperial Valley. Really not the important lesson to be learned here, I also was scrolling and found A little place called West Satan. And I was like, what is going on? Is there a town named West Satan? And then I looked at it, and it's actually just a place right outside Slab City that's like an art installment, live-in art installment. Kind of hard to explain. But it's not just like a Satan town. It's art. It's like an artist installment that somebody lives at, I think, probably a couple of people, regardless. That's what it is. But I was like, what the hell? So I'm I'm booping around, dooping around, and I'm learning all that stuff one day. And then the next day, I'm scrolling through cases that I've written down and the locations of the cases, and I see Poe Black Slab City. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fresh, this is new, this is one of the newer cases that I've been looking at. And that one I happen to remember because of the details of it. It really stuck in my mind. So I knew that this week's case had to be that. It was some divine intervention that I happened to be scrolling and just so happened to go to the area where Poe was murdered. And that's why I decided to do the episode this week. So before I continue... It occurs to me that a lot of people who listen are not going to know the locations that I'm talking about or what I'm talking about and it's kind of important to establish some history here about what Slab City is, where it came from, what's going down, and I'm going to do my best to explain that. So back in 1939, before World War II, The U.S. military wanted somewhere to build a marine base for artillery training, like the aircraft artillery training, so they knew how to use it. And they wanted it to be somewhere close to San Diego so that the aircrafts taking off from there would be able to utilize the base. So they find this 630-acre area right to the southeast of the Salton Sea. It's just open desert. It's perfect for what they need. So they start building up a base there. There was like 30 buildings overall, a couple giant fuel containers, concrete, and a giant concrete pool. But by 1945, they decided it wasn't needed anymore, that they were good, good on that, didn't need that hot-ass desert base anymore. So they ripped everything down, took all their secrets away, but they left the concrete slabs, including the pool and those giant fuel tanks, which I don't think are there anymore, but they were originally left there. After some flip-flopping around through belonging to the military, the land was eventually given back to California in 1961, and people started to flock their way over there. Veterans that had worked at this camp, Camp Dunlap, by the way, was the name of the original area where Slab City is today, and if you didn't already kind of get it, the slabs that they left behind where the buildings were is kind of the reason it's called Slab City, So people start flocking there. One guy in particular, Leonard Knight, is a big reason that people go there today and we're going there then because he decided that he was going to build a mountain out of the sand and water mixture that you make adobe out here in the desert. Plenty of sand, not so much water, but he made it work. And over 30 years, he built a three-story adobe mountain and completely painted it with donated paint and made a little grotto? Nope. Cove? Mm, sanctuary inside of the mountain with crosses and Jesus things. And all of it is very religious and painted about God and and lots of Christian things. And he lived for just about 30 years in a truck outside of the mountain at the base of it. Uh, but not just any truck, a house truck that I have no way of really explaining, but it was like a house built on the back of an old timey pickup truck. You're gonna have to go to the Instagram if you're on if you're just listening, because I, you need to see a picture. There's got to be a picture of the of the car house and the mountain. If you're not from the area, if you never heard of it, you gotta look at it. It's a handmade mountain. Okay, it's wild. People wanted to go there. People wanted to live there. I can't blame them. So uh, the big draw of moving to the slabs is another way that they referred to it was. The fact that there were no rules, to an extent. I mean, there are rules. There's self-governing rules in the area. You know, be a decent person. Don't steal from each other. If you get caught, you're probably not going to be welcome there. There are rules, but it's not like taxes and and HOA things and the regular 9 to 5. These are people who are living on the road, nomads, people who... Just want to find a place to settle down for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, and take off whenever they want. Um, you know, that kind of a thing. And that's what this slabs is. And it's not an easy place to live at all. It is not an oasis, as some would call it. They call it the last free place in America. But be, living in the desert in, in air conditioning with running water is so hot. It's hot out here the slabs does not have air conditioning, does not have running water. So it definitely is a life that some can live and be very happy doing so, which I will get into later. But I don't want to encourage anybody here to go there unless you know for a fact that you could live outside with no running water in 120 degree weather in the summertime. Oh, also there's like scorpions and giant spiders and lots of desert bugs and coyotes and things that are probably not going to take very kindly to somebody sleeping outside. Not their fault, just a thing. Over the years, it's become known as something of a utopia, which like I said, that's bullshit. It's not a utopia, it's definitely rough living. It's just what makes some folks happy. That doesn't mean it's a utopia. There's no such thing as a utopia, by the way. It just isn't. And that's what I've heard from these interviews and from people who live at the slabs who are actual slabbers who live there full time. They're like, no, this is not a utopia. It's hard to live like this, but they choose to do so because it does give them gratification and make them happy. Like I said, kind of hard to explain. I recommend watching some videos about real people who actually live at the slabs that would definitely help give you some perspective. Not videos from these YouTubers like Mr. Beast and random people who are going there and doing like challenges and shit. Like, nah, it's not exactly what this is. It's not just A Land Without Laws, which is probably what the title of his video was. I didn't look very hard. Obviously, that's not one that I referred to in this video. One person who heard about Slab City, modern day, and decided that this was what they wanted was Poe Dewan Black. Poe was born in February of 2000. He was born in Tennessee to, what I gather, was at first a very happy family. Things didn't stay that way for long, and when he was very young, Poe's father was killed in a car accident, and not long after that, his older brother was murdered. And then his other brother developed drug issues and began struggling with substance abuse issues, and apparently his mom the entire time was somewhat abusive, but especially after this tragedy train kind of hit the family, They she got worse. And Poe and his mother's relationship worsened by a lot, especially when Poe came out as a trans man. It just made their relationship very complicated. Not to say that his mother was necessarily transphobic, but she definitely did not make things easy on Poe. But his sort of outlet was just caring for other people and taking on these social issues to his heart and being really empathetic about like the BLM movement and indigenous people's rights and LGBT rights and trans rights and really being passionate about it, going to any BLM rally that he could and staying all night. And he really did find joy in helping folks and in being there for people. In an interview for a project that LGBTQ Nation was doing, where they actually had the opportunity to interview Poe before his murder, Poe's quoted saying, I'm from way out in the country, you know, the South, and it's not fun. It's a red state. Poe also struggled a lot with mental and physical illnesses, being diagnosed as autistic when he was a little bit older, and suspected of having Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which causes chronic pain and a lot of other issues. Not going to get fully into it because I don't fully know. Things seemed to continue to get worse between Poe and his living situation at home with his mom when he started saving up for his top surgery. Poe mentioned in the GoFundMe that he had started to raise money for his top surgery, that he had recently left a toxic situation in an abusive household and was all on his own. During that time, Poe was living with friends on and off, and then he and his partner Cecil eventually went in Poe's car and started living on the road. Almost immediately after recovering from top surgery, Poe got on the road, said goodbye to Tennessee, and went on his way to California. After traveling for a little bit, they decided to head towards a place that they'd both heard of called Slab City. Poe and Cecil arrived in Slab City in early January of 2021. They started setting up their camp, and they were over the moon to finally be there. It was exactly what they thought it was going to be, they loved the camp that they'd set up. They loved being at Flamingo Camp, which was an LGBT camp in Slab City where they could be themselves and Poe could be open and honest about being trans and his experiences and with hormones, you know, all of that stuff would be comfortable and, and open, whereas it was the opposite back in Tennessee. At the Flamingo Camp in Slab City, there is this bar there. Well, as they describe it, it's just a place where you donate and then get a drink Uh, The refreshments are free, and donations, very much encouraged, at least a dollar. Uh, But it's a gay bar, gay place, in the slabs, where um, they do Rocky Horror Nights and stuff. And in a different interview that Poe also happened to be interviewed for on YouTube, he's quoted saying... Three days after being here, we had set up our camp and we were bored and looking for stuff to do, so we wandered into the handlebar and it was Rocky Horror Night. The bartenders do drag because it's a gay club. It was so fucking fun. He was really doing his thing and living his whole life, being exposed to drag for one of the first times, up close and personal. The slabs were exactly where Poe wanted to be. During that same interview, which the second one is an interview with a YouTuber named Mudflap, if you want to look at those videos. I know, weird name. Very country guy. Seems kind of fun, like he'd be a good party guy. I don't know. I don't party anymore. Um, He, Poe invites Mudflap and friends to um, the handlebar to show them around because Mudflap's exploring the slabs for one of his YouTube videos. And he t- he's telling them to be respectful, you know, just kind of giving them the rundown that you do to your straight friends before you go to a gay bar. And they're like, no, we're cool, we promise we're not going to do anything. And Poe explains, quote, I only say this because we've had, like, a lot of people get really shrilly and get violently transphobic lately. First of all, schwilly is a great word. Mudflap loved the word. So do I. Secondly, this was a big red flag to me that Poe was mentioning the violence against trans people just a few weeks before he's murdered. Who's to say that it's relevant? I don't know. Definitely a red flag though. Later on, Mudflap and... I'm sorry. I do respect you, Mudflap. I, I just can't... It, Mudflap, you know? I think of Bob's Burgers. Okay, so they're drinking with Poe and they're smoking, they're having a good time, they're getting shwilly. And Mudflap says something like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. This is Slab City, motherfucker. And... Poe responds, and this really got me. This this was chilling. Poe responds and says, I'm here for as much time as the universe allows me to be. And less than two months after that video was published on YouTube, on May 11th, Poe is found by Coachella Valley water workers floating in the Coachella Canal. His body had washed up near Siphon 9. It was badly decomposed from being in the water, and being in the sun, and upon inspection, he was in the water for at least three days. Initially, police think it's a drowning, considering the fence to the canal that borders the entirety of Slab City, the Coachella Canal, is usually cut so that people can get into the canal, take their water. It is a fenced canal. It's supposed to be safe, but at Slab City, it's cut, and there's always an opening because people get water from there and people go down there for whatever reason, but they it's open, so there are drownings often. Not to mention the water in the canal is very violently moving. It's very quick. It, there's pretty much, once you fall into the canal, there's no way to get back out. After the autopsy's done, basically by June 1st, so this has been a while. Took a while for them to, to do this autopsy. I'll get into more of that later. Um, they realize that Poe had been stabbed to death. There's rumors here, rumors there of the exact of how what happened exactly with the stabbing. But I don't think it's that important. You know, the important thing is that somebody took Poe's life by force. They murdered him. Any speculation to what exactly the injuries are is not all that important and does remain important to the investigation for people who need to know, folks that know more than they should. I did also find a lot of information on this case on a forum called Squat the Planet for people... Experiencing homelessness, nomads, it's actually a pretty cool resource for people who need that. Poe had an account on that website and used it pretty often and lots of people who live at the Slabs have accounts on that website to get information back and forth to each other. It's a good resource for people who are living at the Slabs or living anywhere like it. Friends of Poe's actually talked quite a bit about Poe's murder on that forum and I did get a lot of information off there and you know me, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't just post every rumor that I read, I make sure that I can at least somewhat corroborate it. But before I get into all of that, the Imperial Valley Sheriff's Department are definitely not the cream of the crop here. They are not doing a good job on this case and they have not since the beginning and according to Chris Coates of LGBTQ Nation, the same one who was making that video project, he asked what was going on with the case as recently as November of 2021. And he says, quote, in this article, he says, quote, When I asked if it would be faster if Poe's family were rich or powerful, an official with the sheriff flatly said yes. What the fuck? This is California. I did not realize that California was still so bad. East Coast ignorance. That was awful. I could not believe my eyes when I read that. So I had to rely on all kinds of sources, like Squat the Planet, like Chris Coates' articles from LGBT Nation, like videos that Mudflat posted that had direct interviews with Poe himself. This is what I had to do because there was no coverage about it. And if you follow true crime and you're with the timeline, then you might remember that this was the same time that Gabby Petito's body was discovered and they were looking for her boyfriend. After they knew the boyfriend did it, after they were searching for him, nothing the public can really help with here, they... Didn't have the time, didn't have the resources, didn't care to put Poe's story on the news. It was more important to give you hourly updates about Gabby Petito. And I'm not trying to put one person's worth over another, but that's what the media did when they gave all of the coverage to a murdered white woman, rather than anybody, any other murder that was happening at the time, including Poe, including Marilyn Césares in... Brawley, California, two months apart from each other. Neither of these things got coverage on the news. Anyhow, according to a source that was contacting the authorities and was the authorities' real only way of knowing anything about the case because they were not trying and whatever the source told them, they would just be like, mm-hmm, write it down and then not do anything. The source said that back in Nashville, Poe and Cecil were seen getting into physical arguments with Poe being at the receiving end of the violence most times. The source also said that Poe's mother had been worried, saying, quote, she had been worried about the violence between Cecil and Poe for a while, and Poe's brother had brought up suspicions about it as well. I assume this is the brother who's in the throes of drug addiction, and he's also able to see that there might be an issue in the relationship. So that definitely another red flag for me. Like I said, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt here, only posting what I can corroborate officially with articles, officially through Squat the Planet. You know, double resourcing here. Not just one resource has to be from multiple. So I'm only reading that stuff. Trying my best here. According to the same source, the domestic violence issues followed them to the slabs and especially escalated when they began a polyamorous relationship with a woman named Knives. Now, most of my information about this woman does come from Squat the Planet because every authority has done a shit job reporting, even though this is their. Public suspect number one. Knives is a trans woman and is being reported misgendered in all of these things, all of the flyers that are looking for her. I'm gonna put that there now so I can stop gesturing wildly with my hands. They're not doing anything, and the stuff that they do is insensitive, incorrect, unproductive, and offensive. Reportedly, Knives has severe mental health issues. An ex-neighbor of hers posted on Squat the Planet that she had once fired a shot in a camp that had campers and animals present, which is a big Slabs no-no. There's also reports in there. Now this one goes two different ways. It's kind of difficult to know, but it's, both scenarios have been mentioned multiple times, so I know that it's at least a little bit true. Knives and Cecil reportedly relocated camps within the Slabs and left Poe alone before Poe was murdered. So Poe was on his own for a while, and he had also reportedly called a friend and told them that he was thinking about going back to Nashville, or coming home, as she put it. According to that contact, again, knives had been stuck in the sand. Out here, if you drive your car out into the sand, it's soft sand, you might dig in and get stuck. Knives had gotten a car stuck in the sand right by the canal where Poe's body had been dumped and needed help getting the car out. And basically, as soon as the car was unstuck, Knives was off, took off, disappeared. Through that same resource, contacting other nomadic people, other people experiencing homelessness, people that were in their contact. By the way, this source wanted to remain anonymous on purpose. That's why I'm not giving a name. Um, But they were able to track Knives up to Oregon through their contacts before completely losing touch. Knives presumably finding that she shouldn't be talking to anybody after being suspect number one for the murder. Not coming to any conclusions here. I am not a detective. Now, this is where the so- the statements kind of vary. Some say that Cecil and Knives left together, and then some vehemently deny that that happened, that Cecil left two weeks later. But what I do know for sure is that both Knives and Cecil have since left the slabs from when Poe was murdered. And I also found one account, just one, but I think it still bears... Repeating that Cecil was actually the one to identify Poe's body. That information was never released to the public, so there's really no way to cooperate that. But maybe, think it warrants thinking about. Um, but police are still currently looking for knives. If anybody recognizes knives, knows where they might be, for their own safety and safety of people around them, they need help. They need to be taken in, they need to be helped. They're mentally unstable and they may have murdered somebody and are running away from those consequences. This case can be really tough to wrap your head around. It can be hard to understand why people would want to live in 120 degree weather in the middle of the desert, but after reading a lot and watching a lot of videos, it's not so hard to understand when you hear their point of view, and if their payoff is living in that heat and making it work, they're willing to do that to be happy. And Poe was one of those people who was happy as hell to be at the slabs. He was living his best life, literally, ju- had just gotten top surgery, was becoming more comfortable with his body, was becoming more comfortable mentally, was making friends, was growing up and doing it all alone by himself like he had been for a while. But he was exploring his life and being happy. And he did not not nobody deserves to be murdered but to murder somebody at that point in their lives is just an extra amount of evil right when they're finding out who they are becoming happy with themselves to snuff them out that's a different kind of evil and that's why i believe this person is genuinely mentally ill and needs help justice first and foremost obviously. Not a single authority figure in this case has done or is doing enough. There's evidence still sitting unprocessed that was found, I mean, it's May of 2022. Poe was murdered over a year ago and there's still evidence sitting unprocessed. That's unacceptable. I understand that authorities seem to never take cases seriously when it's a young trans person who is experiencing homelessness who was murdered. Those cases never take precedent, but sometimes those cases are easy to solve if you're just willing to look at a little bit of evidence and spend a little bit of time. There's so much more that I could say, that I want to say about this case, about the slabs, about Poe, but I think I've done it all justice, and I've tried very hard to keep this. This is an active case. There's a lot of he said, said, she said. I've tried very hard to keep this objective and to keep the focus on Poe the person who was murdered at 21 years old who deserves justice and deserves people actively working to solve his murder. This week has been frustrating. It's been a rabbit hole. I, I've researched so hard. I've gone through so many Facebooks, Facebook profiles, screenshots, articles. I tried to find court documents. None of those are available, obviously. There's really nothing to document because nobody in that official capacity has done much. It was it was a rough week of research, but it's it's worth it to get Poe's story out there. I can't believe that this story was not covered more. Or, I mean, I can barely believe that any of the stories that I talk about on here weren't covered more, but regardless, this one was a tough one, I will say. I have a farewell show tonight. At one of my home bars out here and I am sad about that as well and you know it's a hug your friends kind of a week hug your people put your feet up, watch a happy movie make yourself smile cuddle something soft self-love self-care alrighty I'll see y'all next week. I hope you enjoyed this story I hope you learned something about Poe it's very very important that we take the time to hear these stories and to give these young trans people who are being murdered daily the time of day.